Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the book of Exodus. Now we are ready to read Exodus chapter 4. Now, last time we read Exodus chapter 3, and at the end of chapter 3, Moses was speaking to God at the burning bush. And God was telling Moses that he would lead the children of Israel, his people, out of Egypt. Okay? But every woman shall insistently ask her neighbor and any woman who lives in her house for articles of silver and articles of gold and clothing, and you shall put them on your sons and daughters. In this way, you are to plunder the Egyptians, leaving bondage with great possessions that are rightfully yours. And they will be given to them. It's not something that they're going to take from them by force. So that's not plunder in the way I generally think of plunder. But that's okay. Now we're ready to read Exodus chapter 4. I am reading in the Amplified Bible. Then Moses answered the Lord and said, What if they will not believe me or take seriously what I say? For they may say, The Lord has not appeared to you. And the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? And he said, A staff. Then he said, Throw it on, this is the Lord said, Throw it on the ground. So Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a living serpent like the royal symbol on the crown of Pharaoh. And Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, Reach out your hand and grasp it by the tail. So he reached out his hand and caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. You shall do this, said the Lord, so that the elders may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has most certainly appeared to you. The Lord also said to him, Put your hand into your robe, where it covers your chest. So he put his hand into his robe, and when he took it out, his hand was leprous, as white as snow. Now this was a horrible, scary thing to them back then. They did not have a cure for leprosy. Okay, And this was a... Uh, what do you call it? Um, it was uh, communicable. People could catch that. Then God said, put your hand into your robe again. So he put his hand back into his robe, and when he took it out, it was restored and was like the rest of his body. If they will not believe you or pay attention to the evidence of the first sign, they may believe the evidence of the second sign. But if they will not believe these two signs or pay attention to what you say, you are to take some water from the Nile and pour it on, on the dry ground, and the water which you take out of the river will turn into blood on the dry ground. So these are three signs to hopefully have the elders. Now he's talking about the Israelites to believe him. Then Moses said to the Lord, Please, Lord. I am not a man of words, eloquent or fluent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and tongue. Now, I don't believe that Moses had any speech impediment or any problem like that. I think he was a man that, like a lot of us, He's not comfortable, and he's not doesn't feel like he's very good speaking uh, in public or speaking like in a crowd, and 
and doing those types of roles. Some people are very good and they can just come out and they can speak to a crowd and talk and they're just they're just very good. Whether it be because they worked on it for years or uh, some people have a natural knack for it. Um, But. Moses is just saying, that's not me. I'm not very good at that. I'm not very eloquent or fluid. I'm not going to fluent. I'm not going to come out and, you know, really speak well. The Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth or who makes the mute or the deaf or the seeing or the blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now then go and I, even I, will be your mouth and will teach you what you shall say. But he said, please, my Lord, send the message of rescue to Israel by someone else, whomever else you will choose. Moses just didn't want to go and speak to people like that. I myself am not a great uh, public speaker or anything. It's just I have problems with that. I really have to work on that to even be what I would consider mildly passable, not not good at all. And that's just that's just the way it is, and that's that's life. Anyway, we're going to move on. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled and burned against Moses. He said, Is there not your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know that he speaks fluently. Also, he is coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, he will be overjoyed. You must speak to him and put the words in his mouth. I, even I, will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and I will teach you what you are to do. Moreover, he shall speak for you to the people. He will act as a mouthpiece for you, and you will be as God to him, telling him what I say to you. You shall take in your hand this staff with which you shall perform the signs, the miracles which prove I sent you. So, now, notice that the Lord was angered a little bit. He kindled and burned against Moses, you know. But, but the Lord is merciful and he tries, you know, he says, well, okay, let's, let's try to use your brother then because your brother speaks well. Then Moses went away and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Please let me go back so that I may return to my relatives in Egypt and see if they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. Then the Lord said to Moses in Midian, Go back to Egypt, for all the men who were seeking your life for killing the Egyptian are dead. So Moses took his wife Zipporah, and his sons, Gershom and Elizer, and seated them on donkeys and returned to the land of Egypt. Moses also took the staff of God in his hand. So now this staff, he's calling it, or it's being referred to as the staff of God, because God told him to use that staff that will be a sign. Now you notice that Moses was not very confident in himself, but... Notice that he is listening and following God. He's putting trust and faith in God. He didn't have any in himself, even in his own ability to speak. He was like, you know, I'm just not very good at that. But he's trusting God, and he's willing to follow and do what God says. The Lord said to Moses, When you return to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh all the wondrous miracles which I have put in your hand. But I will harden his heart and make him stubborn so that he will not let the people go. 
Then you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go so that he may serve me. And if you refuse to let him go, behold, I will kill your son, your firstborn. Wow, that's a big threat to deliver to Pharaoh, okay? Because that's how it's going to sound. It's going to come off as a threat. And, uh, but you notice God said, I will harden his heart and make him stubborn. The way it's said as if God will actually cause that to happen. For now, I'm going to go along with this, this verse and the way it is. It says, but I will harden his heart and make him stubborn. I think that's going to be his reaction to God. And, and I believe that, I don't believe that God actually makes him have this reaction. I think that's just his reaction to God. You know, just it's like saying, but because I'm there, because he doesn't like me, this is how he's going to react. That's how I'm really looking at that and reading that. that the way, that's the way I've always looked at that, because I don't believe God actually will harden his heart and make him stubborn just, just so he can do stuff to him later. I think instead, this is going to be his reaction to God, and this is what God is saying, but... But because it's me, because he doesn't appreciate or know me, his reaction is going to be this. That's just my thoughts and my thinking. I'm just putting that out there. Now, it happened at the lodging place that the Lord met Moses and sought to kill him, making him deathly ill because he had not circumcised one of his sons. Then Zipporah took a flint knife and cut off the foreskin of her son and threw it at Moses' feet and said, Indeed, you are a husband of blood to me. So he let Moses alone to recover. At that time, Zipporah said, You are a husband of blood because of the circumcision. Now, this is just a minor couple of verses, but notice that Moses had not circumcised one of his sons for whatever reason. Now, we don't know why. Was, you know, was, and was this because of his wife? You notice Zipporah is the one, and, you know, she was from a different people. This was God's way of dealing with that. Look, she needs to either be your wife and follow, you know, what, what, what I say, what God says. So God made Moses ill. Now, it's funny that it says sought to kill him. If God had really wanted to kill him, he would have killed him. And we know that God can instantly boom, you know, if that's the thing. I think more likely, while it may have seemed like he was seeking to kill him, I think more likely this was maybe, maybe he hadn't circumcised his son because his wife didn't want him to. Maybe she was like, oh, you don't need to do that, whatever. Now, and I'm just guessing, this is just extrapolation. Um, there is no definitive thing here that says this, but you'll notice her reaction is like, you are a husband of blood to me. Okay, she does it so that he will live. So there had to be some communication, either God through Moses told her, look, this is what needs to be done, or God told her, I don't know, I, I don't know. But somehow, she knew what she needed to do, and she did it. And I think she may have been the cause of this, but just because, notice that she's the one that ends up doing it, and, and then says that to uh, 
Moses that you are a husband of blood. So I think she's just saying how I'm in a way that's an expression of how important he is to her that, you know, he is somebody important to her. Saying that he is basically one of her family. Now, there is a note here. I'm going to read this note. Moses had not circumcised his son in obedience to the commandment that God had given to Abraham and his descendants. It is possible. Okay, this note is going to agree with me, basically. It is possible that Moses refrained from doing the procedure because his wife Zipporah, a Midianite, had objected. If so, Zipporah now reluctantly performed the procedure herself as a last resort to save Moses' life, not hiding her disgust over the situation. Now, I guess that depends on how you read that, whether it's disgust or whether she's just, you know, she's giving in and saying, you are important to me. You are a husband of blood. You are like one of my own family. I guess it depends on how you look at that, if that's disgust or not. The translators certainly could know more than I do. Okay, But nonetheless, I think the problem there is that Moses did not do that. Because of Zipporah, I think they, I think they are right about that. I think she did not care to have it done. Now, notice he had circumcised his other son. Maybe she saw that and thought it was horrible and didn't want to do it. It says she threw it at his feet, cut off the foreskin, and threw it at Moses' feet. And maybe that's where they're getting that she's showing her disgust. But maybe it's not that. Maybe she was. Well, maybe she was angry, or maybe she was disgusted. It, it's hard to say, just from that action, though, can be one of disgust, I understand. But it seemed that she was genu genuinely concerned and wanted Moses to live, of course. So, All right, we're going to finish the chapter here. The Lord said to Aaron, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So he went and met him at the mountain of God, Sinai, and kissed him. Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord with which he had sent him and all the signs that he had commanded him to do. Then Moses and Aaron went into Egypt and assembled all the elders of the Israelites. And Aaron said all the words which the Lord had spoken to Moses. Then Moses performed the signs given to him by God before the people. So the people believed, and when they heard the Lord was concerned about the Israelites and that he had looked with compassion on their suffering, then they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord. So here, uh, I was right in my thinking initially that first they were going to go to the elders and show them these signs, because naturally you, you would need the children of Israel to be on board with this plan. So it makes sense that you would go to them first and then go to Pharaoh. So that perfectly makes sense. You'll notice here, though, I mean, God was not afraid to strike Moses ill. You know, we, we need to follow and do what we're supposed to do, you know, for God. Even even if we think we're a big deal, um, you'll notice that, <laughs> that the Lord was still willing to make Moses ill, possibly to the point of death. So even if we think we're a big cog or a big deal, that tells me right there that he could have gotten someone else. Had Moses and his wife refused to follow and circumcise their son, then, you know, they had to set the example. If they were going to be the leaders, they had to set the example. There was no other option. Moses and Aaron and their families would have to be the example that everyone else went by. 
Otherwise, they would not be the leaders. Um, they would not be the leaders that God needed. They had to set the example, and that's what God was teaching them and showing them there is that you have to follow and you have to set the example or the others are, are they're going to follow your bad example if you're a bad example. And uh, we know how things like that end up. That ends up very badly. Um, we know that a couple of Aaron's sons, um, if I remember correctly, they did the, they offered the strange fire and died. And there's benefits to being the leader. But there's also responsibilities, okay? And there are those responsibilities can can bring some pretty harsh consequences. So we have to be aware that if we're going to be the leader, we have to set the example. We have to do everything right so that we're setting the correct example for everyone else. That is Exodus chapter 4. I want to thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.